0: everybody, and welcome to Hashtag No Limits. I'm your host, Shelly Kino. Hashtag No Limits is about people that society puts limits on, but who have busted through those limits. Ophelia said in Hamlet, we know who we are, but not who we will be. And I believe that to be 100% true. And I believe that there is no better example of that than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. The caterpillar has to completely dissolve itself and then remake itself as the butterfly. And then the butterfly has to uh, struggle in order to get out of the cocoon. And if it doesn't struggle enough, then its wings won't be strong enough to get it to be able to fly. And all of that sounds very difficult and very challenging, but it's the same way for people where society has placed limits. And if we have a good support system, we can bust through those limits. An area where I have seen limits placed on people is on people who are nonverbal and people who have aged out of the education system. That brings me to my guests today. Katie is a wife and a mother. She has been an educator and she has one amazing daughter, Rachel. Rachel was born with Wolf-Horshorn syndrome and is nonverbal and has aged out of the education system. Rachel was one of my first students in my first teaching assignment. And then years later, we found each other again at a therapeutic writing center. So welcome, Katie and Rachel. How are you guys today?
1: We're good. How are you?
0: Good. So Katie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Rachel? And then can you try to explain? I know it's not easy, but what Wolf-Hirschhorn syndrome is. I have a hard time saying it. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah. um, I don't know. You, you explained everything. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Um, I like to volunteer in church. Um, well, when school's going on, my sister-in-law is a librarian. So I help in the, um, with the book fairs. Nice. And Rachel and I go to the book fairs. So, and, uh, I don't know, for the last 28 years I've been her mom. So, I <laughs> I, you know, that's what people call me, you know, or I go out. Mom? Rachel? Yeah. Rachel? Yep. Um,
0: you are kind of a pair. It's rare to see one of you without the other one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's good or bad, huh, right? Is that good or bad? She's 28 <laughs> years old, and she has a chromosome disorder called wolf hirschhorn syndrome. 4P minus is a lot easier to remember. She, <laughs> okay. She's missing part of her fourth <laughs> chromosome is what it is. Okay. Um, and I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. I guess it's with any well one in fifty thousand births, basically. Um, oh, okay. And um, she has. What do I want to say? There, there's a range of of, of issues that they, you know, issues that they have. One thing, and she has seizures. Um, don't listen; they're well controlled. I think. Um, <laughs> the last. The last one she had was kind of almost a, I think it was her body's way of saying there's something wrong. Cause she wasn't having any outside symptoms of, of something that was sick and to find uh-huh. out what was going on well, she was doing some vomiting. They did a CT scan, which led to an issue with her kidneys that we weren't aware of. Okay. You know, so if she wouldn't have had the seizure anyway, right. who, who knows, Right.
0: Um, she mm-hmm. has seizures.
1: She has feeding problems. Not quite so much anymore. She does have a feeding tube, um, but she will eat by mouth, pure, pureed foods. Some lumps. If it's if it's a texture like third food, baby food, she's okay. But if there's one lump, she'll spit it right back out at. Me. <laughs> Swallow everything else in her mouth, but spit out the lump. Um, she's not one for drinking a lot, so that's what the G tube is for. Okay. Um, what else is up? She's tiny for even right? You're small. And that's another uh, characteristic of the syndrome. She was three pounds, four ounces when she was born. And a lot of them are, are really small. Um, what else? Uh, physical and, and mental dis- uh, uh, disabilities or developmental delays, I guess, maybe would be mm-hmm. a better way to say it. Um, low muscle tone, but I don't know when she gets on rare excited, it kicks in and she gets <laughs> as stiff as a board. So I don't know about that one. Right, Missy. What else? Yeah. Communication. Uh, she doesn't talk, but her receptive, yeah, receptive language is better than her expressive, which I think is common with this, with this syndrome. So uh-huh. um, I don't know. Did I get everything right? I don't.
0: I mean, you gave us a lot.
1: I wrote some stuff down. There are kid- kidney issues which we've been following, but this this latest <clears throat> is is something that's totally, you know, new. So, okay. And that, that brings up a later question is where where to go to get her treated, you know? Right. Because she's 28 years old, the children's hospitals, you know, with the insurance purposes, I think they don't want to like do surgery or any kind of invasive stuff anymore with her. But my fear is if she goes to an adult hospital will they have the right equipment to treat right. it? So, right. But we're working on it. We have a, a an appointment with a urologist at SLU so, for the end of the month. So hopefully that'll solve that problem.
0: And that kind of blends into what we're talking about today because um, kind of in a reverse situation, you know, there are the limits of, children's and and specialty doctors for children um and they you know they assume that children are no longer a, ch- a child when they're what 21 is that the oldest i think or is it 18
1: i think 21 that's pushing it
0: yeah but you know that's that's a limit because not everybody is going to reach that and and that's you know so that's one of again that's one of those things so hopefully you know, you will be able to get that. And if the children's hospital is the more appropriate location for her, then they will go ahead and, you know, help you out and work with that and, yeah, and get her in there. Right. Um, so, speaking of, of limits and limitations upon her, not that um, she has placed on herself, but that society or school systems have placed on her. <laughs> How much time do I have? Do I need? <laughs> oh,
1: it's water under the bridge. She's out of the school. My issue with the school system was never the teachers; it was the administrators, which is who you you know you having all these meetings and everything. Mm-hmm. And they look at her. She's nonverbal. She uses a wheelchair to get around. We don't have a program for her in our school. You know, they wanted to ship her off somewhere else. And it wasn't until I said, Isn't it the law that you educate my child? Oh, good for you. And they quit trying to push that. Right. That was elementary school, the same thing. I knew it was happening when the principal and the superintendent both came to the high school, both came to our IEP meeting. And I'm like, You know, And again, Craig said, it sounds like you don't want Rachel at your school. Then they backed off. Mm -hmm. You know, I never asked them to teach her to read and to write and to do math and to do all this kind of stuff. I wanted her exposed to normal. Mm -hmm. Because in my eyes, what can you learn from people that are all like you? you know you have people that are more advanced that gives you something to shoot for you have people that are slower than you are okay then maybe you can help them but what is she what's she going to get from a room full of nonverbal, verbal non-ambulatory kids right that, that was my thinking you know but once we got in and the teachers were wonderful at you know thinking out of the box with her iep she had an individual <laughs> aide who was just would Push her up to whatever activity was going on with girls or her age, and you know to to uh-huh. include her that way. Um, that was the biggest <laughs> obstacle that we, you know, that we faced, and right. it was here. It was here in Illinois. She actually, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't say that, but she started school. Craig was at a <gasps> Lightman Air Force Base in Knob Noster, Missouri. And they had a school on the base. It was no problem. She went in, I think, for a year. She was in early childhood and then just transitioned into the, the, the classroom. And it was just like, I'm glad I had that experience because then I knew what could be done in the public school without spending a lot of money and doing a lot of a lot of things. They just had to be. um able to adapt or, or, willing to adapt and to, to work with her. So right. when we came here, that's why, you know, I was willing to fight, I guess is the only word to use. I don't know.
0: And yeah, unfortunately there are a lot of places and, and, um, I wouldn't have my IEP consulting business if that wasn't the case in a lot of places. And that's very unfortunate. Um, because that is our job as educators, whether we are the classroom educator, the administrator, who's the educator, the district, I mean, anyone who goes into education. I feel that that is our job is to educate whomever and however a person comes into our doors. And the law agrees with me. Um, and and. You said when you when you would get into these meetings and they would say we don't have a program for you, when you spoke up, did you tell them what you just said? like I don't want you, I'm not necessarily here to have you teach her to read or do math or was it more that you said I'm what you just said?
1: I think I did. I think I did because her um, the superintendent at the elementary school, before she graduated, Uh, Or she left the school, he left the school, and he came up to me and he said, now I see what you mean. He said, there is more to school than just teaching them how to read and write and learn, you know, social studies. Right. And, you know, so I think she taught him a little bit. Yeah. As usual, you got the men wrapped around your little finger. (laughs) But no, I, I, I think I did because that, you know, that, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't expecting miracles. And if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, okay. Right. But yet you, you don't know what she would have learned if she wouldn't have been there. or You know. Right.
0: Know. Right. And for parents who feel a little bit differently than you in the sense that they would want their child more around people, more like themselves. To them, what they, the placements that Rachel has had over the years would have been Mm limiting. So it it comes down to the individual, which is the letters in the IEP and the law. Mm -hmm. Um, The very first letter in both of those is I. And so often school districts and school principals and teachers, because we are there to educate, we forget. Or maybe don't even realize, like you said, that superintendent didn't even realize that there was more to school than math, English, social studies, science, and whatever else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think oftentimes that society and schools lose out often because they are trying to send someone like Rachel to a different building where, or even not even a different building, but sometimes just a different section in the school mm-hmm. where, you know, oh, if you have this level of ability, mm-hmm. then you go over there mm-hmm. and you're kind of away from everybody. Else. And um, it just, it's, it's very sad because like Rachel, I have been um, taught so many things beyond what i maybe thought education was in the beginning of my career Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know the rest of the world needs to be blessed with people like rachel and others like her
1: I, i we still well not now because of this virus thing But if I'd take her to Walmart or we'd be out somewhere and there would be somebody, her, somebody, people call her by name all the time. Hi, Rachel. And I, it must've been somebody she went to school with. Right. Oh, I mean, you know, it was good for the other people. And I remember in in high school of all places where, I mean, you think high school or that. (laughs) um, Apparently they would argue about who was going to sit next to her and wipe her face when she drooled. (laughs) <laughs> or to braid her hair fix her hair do stuff like that so yeah I mean, you know they would have maybe have never been exposed to someone like rachel and maybe they're more empathetic be- because of it you right
0: know? yeah
1: so, yep i don't know
0: yeah and and i don't think there is a one-size-fits-all Answer And again, that's why there is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act that has the individualized education program within it because every family is going to look at it differently because every child who has special needs is different and unique and beautiful and amazing and needs to be exposed to as much as possible because, as you know, not just for other people's exposure but if if there was some i don't know if it would be a medical breakthrough or a technological breakthrough that would suddenly one day give her the ability to speak <clears throat> we have no idea what she would say uh, uh. <laughs> maybe we wouldn't want that done in a public place <laughs> no i would no, <laughs>
1: You're not even going to smile. Okay,
0: Henry. But I mean, it, to expose children who are not, and adults who are nonverbal to take away the limit of because they can't speak, they also can't think.
1: <clears throat> um,
0: and in your experiences, okay, so we talked about the school setting and then and the limits that were put upon her. What about in society or? within your family. And it isn't oftentimes that limits are, is that me clicking? I don't. Can know. you hear that clicking?
1: Well, it kind of sounds like static to me.
0: Okay. I'm going to try to hold this, see if that makes it any better. Um, it, it isn't that people intentionally put limits. It's, it's in it's just in a way of thinking that they don't realize. So within your own family or within your community, um, have you had that as well hmm.
1: i don't i don't i don't know not as much maybe maybe in the fact that now why are you gonna have a meltdown maybe in the fact that like if i'm uh i for instance at the zoo or or we're we're somewhere and um I'm standing back a little bit with her. She's in her wheelchair because I don't want them to back up and fall into her or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that they just, boom, you know, cut right in front of you.
0: Oh. And
1: it's just kind of a, a, a rude thing like that. I, I don't know. It's like, why did you think I was standing here? I'm in the line. It's not moving, but, you know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just, just kind of rude like that. I mean, a lot of, I don't know. Society. I don't know. Some people seem to tend to ignore, which is yeah. I I don't I don't know. Mm. Society. Hmm. I don't know. I just take her everywhere, so I guess everybody's used to right. Seeing her. Or yeah.
0: And never. it's. I'm sure. And I'm glad that it's difficult to remember. You know when she was younger. Because, and the reason I say it's glad, I'm glad it's difficult to remember is because if there had been some extremely hurtful or rude experiences, then you would tend to probably remember those. So hopefully that means there wasn't a lot of yeah that kind of they're, experience.
1: They're few and far between. Yeah. All, I think they are.
0: Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, hopefully, you know, at least our county is accepting and, and yeah. more understanding and, um, you know, because I, I'm surprised, to be honest, I re, I remember teaching um, in the one district where I taught for so long and thinking, how do I have so many different varieties from such a small population of people? Um, you know, because I think in my teaching career, and I've pretty much only- had a classroom of my own in our county I think I've covered almost every eligibility or I have covered every eligibility I have covered every other eligibility under IDEA so to me it's like we only have a population of like 35,000 people
1: yeah
0: so (laughs) um you know and I just think that's that's a good thing for us because hopefully it does help us be more welcoming and inclusive, and understanding and compassionate, and um, you know, hopefully, we aren't placing those limits all the time on people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so we talked about how her limits that she busted through them going through school. So when did you find the therapeutic writing center? As I mentioned earlier, you know, I met Rachel when I was doing uh, my first teaching assignment, and then a little a few years later. You're again at the Therapeutic Writing Center.
1: We, she actually rode, I I discovered it when we were at Whiteman Air Force Base, and she did it there for a while, and then, well, here we go. It was, they were billing it to the insurance, and they couldn't document any progress, so. Uh
0: Uh-oh. I have lost her. I apologize. I don't know what's going on with my internet today. I had this problem earlier, too. Let me see if I can get <clears throat> this back up. Yep. I seem to have lost them. Well, that's not good. Okay. She has officially logged out. So we're going to give her just a couple of minutes and see if, okay. I think there she's coming.
1: I there I am. I don't there know. You are and my Wi-Fi would get weird or something. I don't know.
0: I wasn't sure if it was yours or mine, as I told you before we started. And then with the static stuff, there's been, I think, something with with my internet today because my Zoom meeting this morning, was I kept losing connection with them too. So So the therapeutic writing. So we got to, or at least the last part I heard, I don't know what the audience heard, was um, that the insurance wouldn't pay anymore because she wasn't showing progress.
1: Right, so kind of ended that and then when we moved here to illinois um we i found another place down south in addyville i think and she went there for a couple summers well then they had to close because of the insurance was too high for them to continue to to function and then we um i don't know what year it was 2000 no it was later than that anyway I saw in the local paper about the one that was going to be opening in Germantown. And so I went and I contacted them and we went to an open house and the rest is history. They had a pilot program. And then I think the next year we were called and asked if we were still interested. And yes, of course we were. So we've been going there since. Right.
0: And does she have her own favorite horse?
1: Um, I don't know. She's ridden. She ridden. ridden, ridden. She rode one who but she has passed away. Um, and then she was riding another one last year and was pretty good and then he kinda got squirrely and she came off the horse. Oh no. And I he, he must have gotten he bucked or something, so I stumbled and when I stood up, she's coming towards me, and I'm like, "Okay." It was like one of those slow motion things. Oh know? wow! <laughs> I just been put her on the ground. You know, it wasn't. You know, it was it was weird. It was bizarre. But huh. anyway, so she she doesn't really care. She's been riding Abby now this year.
0: Ah, okay. They,
1: they've actually been able to do it because um, the parents are supplying the sidewalkers because of all this virus thing. So it's right. You know. I feel comfortable with my sister or brother-in-law side walking so and Craig leads the horse and so she's been able to go when the weather cooperates.
0: Well yeah, there's always that problem here in Illinois. Um, I know when I was out at the riding center with you guys that she had a favorite sidewalker, a very mm-hmm. tall male um, who she flirted hey, with you know. constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, has she had any i mean i know currently if it's all family she probably isn't flirting but um does she often flirt with her male sidewalkers
1: uh yeah yeah it's 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 the she leans to whatever side the male's on so they uh-huh. they think the instructor thinks well maybe you know are you constantly shifting her it's like no they put him to the other side and she leans the other way so you know <laughs> Yeah, you, you do that with yeah, males of any age actually. Oh yeah, you're terrible. You're terrible. You really are. Mhm.
0: She's she's telling me don't tell my secrets, Miss Shelley. Don't don't rat me out about all these guys that I like. <laughs>
1: terrible, terrible, aren't you?
0: I think uh the sidewalker that I'm thinking of, I think his name was Tyson. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is he still out there?
1: I think he is, but he hasn't sidewalked with Rachel in a while. But yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Rachel, do you remember Tyson? Huh? Oh, uh, do ya? Okay. Stop! 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 So, what kind of progress has she made? Um, as I as I mentioned right before we started, and she was kind of slumping over. I know I've recently seen a picture of her. On her horse, or a horse, um, where she was sitting up perfectly straight and no one was holding her. And when I was out there, that wasn't the case at all. So besides being able to have some better core muscles now, um, what other things has she accomplished since doing her therapeutic riding?
1: Let's see. There, You know, there's not no major things like you know she's not walking or talking or anything like that it's more little things but she um she will uh either hit a switch that says walk on which is what you're supposed to say to get the horse to walk or if you stop and put your hand out and say touch my hand if you want to go you know she'll touch your hand so it's kind of you know maybe following directions i guess that's what it would be
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> is
1: that what it is um she also, I I don't know, I've noticed too much when I'm sidewalking, but she will, she always has got hand wringing going on here. And and if she's on the horse long enough, she will bring her hands down to the side and kind of relax them and she'll, you know, bring them apart. Still not holding on. Right. Thing, But, um, you know, she'll, she'll relax in that way. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> oh yeah, you've been known to do sit-ups on the horse. They lay her back, and she'll, without even pulling up. I mean, her her stomach. I call wow. It she will come up into a sitting position. You know. That's
0: amazing.
1: So, but uh, we haven't done that this year. Maybe we'll have to do that. What do you think? Yeah. No, not really. Okay.
0: So a lot of, a lot of um, the muscle tone, the low muscle tone has been helped by the therapeutic writing. Yes, I so, or yes. okay. I,
1: I, yeah, I think so. She sometimes, well, Abby's short enough that Craig's able to lift her on the horse from the ground, but when she has to use the, the, um, what, the, the ramp or, or the. What is, I don't know what they call it, in order to get on the horse, which is more me standing there putting her on the horse, you know, okay that way. She gets so excited, she she'll either start laughing and won't sit up straight, mm-hmm. or her legs will be so stiff that it's like, you gotta relax, Rachel, or you can't get on the horse, you know, right,
0: yeah.
1: Apart. So, so yeah, I think the muscle tone is
0: has been helped. So that's wonderful. And it isn't that you know, I mean, I know their slogan is, you know, where miracles happen. Um, but those are miracles. I mean, we don't, miracles don't have to be big, ginormous things. You know, I mean, those are things that I'm guessing that when she was born and she was given her diagnosis that the doctors thought she would never be able to do.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. So,
0: so, the, so those are the kinds of limits that I love to see People breaking through because um, I've heard way too many times doctors and I don't know if they're doing that to try to prepare parents in a way that when those things are bust through they're extremely happy versus telling them that oh your child's probably you know if they work really hard they could probably do x y and z um, but I've, I've just I've heard too many examples where The doctors say those kinds of things of, oh, they're never going to do this. And they're never going to do that. And I've lost her again. (laughs) I apologize to the audience. I do not know what is going on with my internet today. I'm pretty sure it's mine, not theirs. Um, As I mentioned, I'd had some problems earlier in a Zoom meeting. Um, So... We're going to give it just a minute and see if she's able to come back this time, if not, um, to the medical professionals that might be watching. It is a question that I'm curious about because I have spoken and, and dealt with many families over the years that when their child was born with traumatic brain injury or a uh, cleft palate or uh, like this, the the minus four P or four minus P, whatever it was, um, or, you know, some other genetic or chromosomal thing, the parents are are, I would say, unanimous in being told that their child is not going to walk and their child is not going to talk and their child is not going to whatever it is. Um, so I'm really curious if that's because it's a, let's give you the worst case scenario so that you are prepared if that does happen. But, um, at the same time, you know, I I don't, I don't think that's the best way to do it, but I'm not a medical professional. So I don't know. I don't know what's taught in the schools, um, or what's recommended to you by insurance companies, if that's got something to do with it. I really have no idea, but um, you have given me reason to do this because I want people to see that it isn't always what you're told that will define who you are. Um, You know, those of you who watch me on a regular basis, that, you know, the reason we have this butterfly up here is because I don't know, I don't know who when I was 12 or, or five or 17, or even 30, that I would be the person that I am today. And, and that applies to every single person, whatever abilities or struggles that you're going through. So I hope you all take that to heart. It, uh, it doesn't appear, she has completely logged off now. So we'll give her another bit and see if she gets logged back in. And for all I know, I'm speaking and um, I'm the one who's gone dark and I'll re watch the replay and there'll be gaps where I'm not in it. Um, Hopefully that's not the case, but one just never knows with the internet and how that all works. So um, on Friday, I'll be doing Friday with Fran and I honestly don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know that we've really discussed or discovered what topic we're going to cover this week. Next Tuesday is the hashtag no limits with Shay Spears, the one that had to be rescheduled from a couple of weeks ago because of the hurricane hitting Texas and literally minutes before she was scheduled to come on, we had to reschedule because she had to voluntarily evacuate her home. Um, all right. It doesn't appear as though she Is going to be uh, okay so I've had somebody tell me that one of the other internet providers in the area has been having problems today and that is not the internet provider that I use so um, and maybe that was my problem this morning maybe the other people that I was zooming with were from that other internet provider so with that I think I will go ahead and close out for today. Thank you for joining me. Again, this was hashtag no limits. I am Shelly with Shelly Kino, education consultant and master IEP coach. Letting you and um, everyone know that let's not place limits and let's bust through those limits that do get placed upon us by um, those who maybe just don't think about what they're saying. Maybe they have good intentions, but they're just not, aware of what they're saying and what they're doing. So Shelly Kino making the world better for all one IEP at a time. Have a great day guys.